Are you ready to listen to a podcast? Upskills. Upskills. Masterclass. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading the 18th episode of the Upskilled Masterclass. My name's Ralph Tucker. Today, we'll be continuing our series of interviews from the viewpoint of a small business owner. These are real people with real businesses sharing real experiences. We hope by them sharing their knowledge, it'll inspire more people to consider taking a course with Upskilled and chase their dream of becoming a small business owner. My guest today is Sarah Matthews from La Cucina Italian Restaurant. Welcome to the Upskilled Masterclass, Sarah. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about your business? Yeah, we own a small Italian restaurant in Gaimia. Um, We've owned it for six years. Um, It's myself and my partner. He's a chef and I run the floor. What made you decide to get into that business? Uh, It's all we've ever known, really. Um, That's how we met. We met in a restaurant. Um, I grew up in a pub and just seems like a natural progression for us to own a restaurant. How many employees do you have at the moment? We've got 10. Okay. And what do they do for the food business? Okay. So we've got um, wait, wait staff, we've got chefs and we've got dishwashers. You mentioned there that your background is obviously in hospitality. Mm-hmm. You've worked yep. in it your entire, entire life. Entire life. Mm-hmm. So like you said, there was a natural progression for you to do that. Did you have any doubts when you originally went to set it up? Heaps. <laughs> Everything. Can you take us through what you thought were the most difficult parts of actually owning and operating a, a restaurant? Probably uh, the most difficult thing when we started was just our age. We were 22 and we weren't really sure if what we were doing or if we were doing things right. As we've grown the business, probably the biggest challenge that we've got is staffing. It's hard for us to get staff, to keep staff. It's always a, always an issue for us. Why is that? Why is it so difficult for you to keep staff? Um, it's not really an industry that people see as a career anymore. Even as a chef, the, the training for an apprentice chef has changed and they're not as skilled as they once were. Um, people seem to come and go more frequently than they would in another business. How important is it for you then to be always looking ahead for that kind of thing because it's not something that you can plan for but you've obviously got to be aware that there's going to be a high turnover of staff in your um, area of business. Absolutely. So we just keep a core set of staff. So Darren and I do most of the work along with my mum and we've got an apprentice and another cook that that stay, they've been with us for years. So it's more in terms of our wait staff that come and go. So we just make sure that we're continually, we have enough staff that we can you know, cover people when they leave or when they take nights off, things like that. Did you have to undertake any extra study to set up this business? We didn't, not for this business. Um, We've both done TAFE courses. Um, Darren did his apprenticeship through TAFE and I did an events management course, um, but nothing specifically for this. And what did you learn from that uh, experience in terms of the skills that you could uh, translate into running your own business? From my events management course? Yeah. Um, lots of things about people management, time management, organization, things like that. Uh, Darren obviously learned to cook, which was obviously a, a good thing. For <laughs> um, but yeah, mostly from my point of view, I'm the one that has to, that's dealing with the staff more often than not. So that was a help for me. And I guess having great people skills would be one of those things that you would have to do both in terms of managing your staff and also customers as well. Absolutely, yeah. That's probably the biggest thing that you need is is to know how to talk to people and 
make people comfortable and all that sort of thing. Did you have any mentors that helped you along the way? Like people that assisted you both from running the business from like a financial point of view, but also being a restaurant customer service would also be very important. Yeah. Um, From a business point of view, probably our biggest mentor or influence probably was my father. He's helped us the whole way through our lives, but particularly with the business, um, with helping us set it up, finding the right people that we needed, the right accountant, the right lawyer, things like that. Um, He's always ran his own businesses, so helping us you know, understand challenges and things like that. He's probably the the one that we look to for advice. There's obviously, as you mentioned before, a lot of, I guess, legal things that go into that and or financial arrangements that go into that. So having that base of like an accountant and a lawyer that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. that's obviously something that you would have had to have set up, but also learned about that whole process. Yeah. That's probably one of the things that people don't realize when you run a small business is that it's not just going to work, you know, when service starts and opening the doors and people come in. There's You spend all day doing book work and making sure that you're complying with, you know, accounting practices and all that sort of thing, legal issues. It takes up your whole day basically. So we have, we have a lawyer and we have an accountant that do um, the bigger things, but in terms of like day-to-day accounting and things like that, that all falls on us as well. Well, let's go through what a typical day would entail for you. Like obviously we're talking about having to find the fresh food and having to have that delivered and what time would it actually start for you for your restaurant to open at what time? So we start service at six. Okay, so what time, for argument's sake, would you begin your day even though you're not actually at the restaurant? Probably eight thirty, nine o'clock if we've got things like wages to do, um, there's always something to run around to get some things, a lot of our produce we get delivered, but some things can't be delivered. So we need to go and pick that up or, you know, we've changed a menu. We need to go to the printers and get them printed and brought back to the restaurant. And then we go, we're at the restaurant from about two o'clock and that's from two to six. We prep everything. We set the restaurant up, ready to go. So all the food's prepped in the afternoon. And what sort of role does marketing play in your business? You're in a busy street there in Guy mm-hmm. which I would imagine would rely on street traffic coming into the restaurant. Yeah. Is there any other marketing that you guys do um, to assist getting people in the doors, I guess? We've been pretty lucky um, in terms of our regular customers. That's where a lot of our, our, our custom comes from is people that come back every week or every two weeks. Um, we do do a lot of Facebook and Instagram. Um, a couple of times we've advertised in the newspaper and that hasn't really I don't think that's a, a good marketing tool anymore, to be honest. But yeah, Facebook and Instagram are our biggest things that we do. Um, lots of posting of food pictures and things like that to draw people in. Then you're obviously relying on other people that have been to the restaurant to share and like and all yeah. of those things yeah. that you don't have to spend a whole lot of money on a, on a marketing budget as such. You're relying on, as you said, word of mouth through your customers, but also having a social media presence. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And in doing so, as I said before, I guess customer service is probably right up there in terms of what you deliver. It's it's an experience for anybody that comes into your restaurant, yep. so that has to be a high priority for you. Yeah. Well, there's two things. We need to make sure that we have good food and we need to make sure that we we have girls on the, or people on the floor that, that serve it with a smile. You can't have one or the other. You have to have both. You said before also learning time management was a, a key issue for you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
How important is it to really stick to a, a process on a daily basis when you're operating a restaurant six nights a week? Very important. Yep. So we we find that if if one thing falls out, the whole all the wheels fall off. Basically, we've just got to be organised and and prepared and make sure that we get it all done. It's not not something that you can. We we are we only. It's not like a. You know, we've got eight hours to serve all these people. We've got probably two and a half to three hours to do our whole night service and we've got to get it done basically. And if you can talk to me about the biggest cost that you have in your business, I would imagine that'd be staffing or produce. What would be the biggest cost? They're probably on par, but probably wages would be slightly ahead. Yeah. And doing that in a restaurant, as you said before, that has a high turnover of staff and I guess the core of your business would happen on weekends. So you have to deal with having to pay people uh, penalty rates and all of those things. What's that like? Penalty rates is a big killer. Um, We don't open on public holidays anymore because it's just not profitable for us. Um, We tried charging surcharges and things like that, which people are never really happy about paying. So the only solution is that we we close the doors on public holidays. Uh, we don't generally open on Sundays, again, because of the the extra penalty rates. Um, so we the only one that we need to pay really is Saturday Saturday rates, and that's just you just have to incorporate it into a cost of doing business, really. Would you like some assistance from the government or something like that that it would make it easier for you to open more often if you didn't have to pay those penalty rates? Because obviously a whole lot of restaurants would experience the same thing, that opening for that period, it's actually not worth them opening the doors, even though they might have a really busy night because it's all going out the window in terms of having to pay staff. Yeah, definitely. We opened Easter, the Easter long weekend, and we may as well have shut. It wasn't worth our while at all. By the time we paid paid all our staff, there's, there's nothing left at the end of it when you're paying penalty rates. How much is of that is also you learning about that as well, like getting out what you've sort of put in. So obviously you can pick and choose which weekends that you can open. All of that would also be like a learning experience that you've done over yeah. the last six years. Yep, yeah. you learn as you go. You, you Obviously you try things once and if that worked, that didn't work. That's that's where we get most of our learning from is we just try something, oh, that didn't work or that was good but this didn't, so let's do this. How do you manage your cash flow? Um, we're lucky because our cash flow comes in straight away. Um, so we pay our bills one day, one day a week on a Tuesday. We pay all our bills, all our wages and the money. We're, not ch- we're never chasing people for money because they obviously pay before they leave the restaurant. So in that way, we're lucky when it, we don't have to devote time like a builder or someone would chasing people for money. Do you have an exit strategy? It's spoken a lot about when businesses set up these days that they should be actually looking to when they actually want to close. As silly as that sounds, Mm -hmm. it's the financial end game. So uh, is that something that you considered when you initially set up and or uh, is it something that you've considered along the way? I think it's something that we considered when we set the business up. Um, it's definitely something that we've considered along the way, but at the same time, it's, we've grown the business from, from the very beginning. So it's our baby and we're not, it's not something that we would just get rid of or sell to the first person that, that came along. I guess our exit strategy, strategy probably would be when it's not fun anymore or when it's not helping us creatively, creatively, then it's, it's time to leave. Would you look to perhaps expand into another business or sell uh, a part of your business to open as part of a franchise? I don't think so. 
I'm not really a fan of restaurants as franchises. Um, I don't think they work in terms of providing the sort of food that we like to do. If it was your typical hog's breath or something like that, then 100% they work, but it's not really our style to do things like that. Uh, Now, did you have any plans for the future going down that track, like in terms of, okay, this restaurant's going well, perhaps we'd look to change the the style or, you know, bring somebody in that could deliver you a different menu or something like that? Yeah, there's always, it's always changing. Um, We're always changing our menu up. Um, there's always little things, you know, we've, we've thought maybe we could do, uh, like obviously our, our food is Italian. So there's different regions of Italy. Um, we do lots of like wine dinners and things like that, that, that focus on, you know, one region or, or one area, one vineyard, things like that. Our core business will always stay the same though. The way that we serve good food, but simple food and we don't serve it uh, it's not expensive and that that makes the difference. Do you think that by operating the way you do in terms of uh, using the social media, as you mentioned before, and relying on that word of mouth and that foot traffic, will that allow you to move into a different area? Like, uh, you know, you've got your restaurant set up there at Gaimere, but perhaps, you know, Cronulla or somewhere else could be on the, the radar um, down the track or do you feel that your location is perfect for what you do? For now, our location is definitely perfect. Um, Gaimi is a great area. It's not somewhere like Cronulla, for example, is quite seasonal. Gaimi, you don't get you don't get a, a change between winter and summer like you would down in Cronulla. Um, the rent is obviously less than what what people pay in Cronulla, um, which makes obviously a big difference. And the area as a whole is growing, so I think our business will probably change as. Gaimere changes. There's a lot more younger people moving in. There's units being built, people with, with more money coming into the area. And that, that makes us change as well. What they, what they expect and what they want. People are more, I guess, educated about food. They know what they like. They, they look at restaurants from around the world and they expect that here as well. So that's probably the only way that our business would change or would grow. We, we change to fit those people basically. You mentioned there that it's obviously very much a case of working hard and and keeping on top of things. What inspires you to keep going every day? Um, We love it. At the end of the day, it's, it's tough as anything, but it's, it's what we love to do. The whole, everything about a restaurant is, it's great. The, it's busy and stressful and, but it's fun. How do you operate within your partnership at home, given the fact that you work (laughs) together and you live together, there's obviously got to be a balance, right? So, but how do you manage that between the two of you? Um, that's what everyone wants to know, really. Yeah. Um, we make sure that we don't bring business things, well, we try not to bring business things home. Obviously, it's inevitable that you're going to talk about the business at home. Um, we definitely make sure that we don't bring home stuff to the business. You know, if we're fighting at home, you go to work and you got to work, like it's nothing you just have to get on with it. But in saying that, we've always worked together for 11 years. We've always been together and working together. So it's really all we know how to do, basically. Now, if you were to give advice to anybody looking to start their own business, what would be the key aspects that you would like to pass on to anyone looking to uh, set up their own small business? Probably work hard. It's harder than you would ever Whatever anyone tells you is is hard work, it's 20 times that, Um, but the rewards are great as well. And I think probably the biggest thing that we've learned is that you need to keep 
um, business and friendship separately or business and personal separate in terms of your staff and things like that. That's probably the, the biggest thing that we've learned that you can't have staff as friends and friends as staff. So make sure you surround yourself with the right people, the right advisors and, and make sure you take their advice really. Now we'll wrap this up in a second, Sarah, but where can people find your business if they want to um, check out your restaurant? So we're in Gaimi Bay Road, Main Street of Gaimia. Um, we've got a website, lacuchina-gaimia.com.au and a Facebook page. Great. Sarah, thanks very much for your time. Thank you. There she is, Sarah Matthews from La Cucina Italian Restaurant. Sarah's story just goes to show if you have an idea, passion and discipline, you too can make a small business work. Thanks for taking the time out to listen today. If you've got any questions or feedback, please head to the website, upskilled.edu.au. Don't forget you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can also leave us a rating or review on iTunes, which would be greatly appreciated. And if you really enjoyed today's podcast chat with Sarah Matthews from La Cucina Italian Restaurant, please tell a friend. I'm Ralph Tucker. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And we'll catch you next time on the Upskilled Masterclass. Upskilled. Upskilled. Masterclass.